Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, the editor of Global Trading. Our topic today is research at Jones Trading. Jones Trading's roots as a broker that executes trades for institutional clients date back all the way to the 19, early 1930s. More recently, the firm has expanded into ancillary businesses such as outsourced trading, prime brokerage, and research. Here to talk about the research business, I'm pleased to be joined by Packy Jones, Executive Chairman at Jones Trading, and Shomit Roy, who's Managing Director and Director of Research at Jones Trading. Gentlemen, welcome, and uh, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Hi, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Good to be here. Packy, if we can start with you, just uh, by way of background, talk about how, when, and why Jones started its research effort after you know a long period of time of, of not offering research? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and, and I was, it's almost kind of ironic in that, you know, for years, I never understood the value of research. And so what we did was as we kind of expanded and looked to expand our network, which was kind of our bread and butter, that's how we get stocks crossed. We realized that one kind of important component was the corporate accounts. And one thing they always expressed an interest in was in research. Now, it took maybe, well, many, many times before I finally understood that there was some value there. And so that's when we decided that we take a better look at it. We tried a couple of different options where we we kind of partnered with some research firms, but frankly, none of those things really worked. It wasn't until we got Showman here that we were able to kind of turn the corner and become effective. And I think... We found out not only do the corporate accounts find that important, but so do our institutional clients if you have if you do have good research. And as you kind of as we've talked about in the past, you know, Jones business is done strictly by matching buyers and sellers and strictly acting as agents. So we don't have capital. So it's important for us to have as many counterpartners as possible so that we can get those crosses to the tape. Okay. Now, now, Shomit, you joined Jones Trading in 2018. You have a very deep health science background. Can you briefly discuss your own background and professional experience and how you came to join Jones Trading three years ago? Absolutely. And uh, thank you again for inviting us today. So, right, my research, uh, my background is um, PhD postdoc background, PhD in um, cellular biology uh, and cancer signal transduction. So I did my research from um, Albert Einstein College here in New York with Richard Stanley. He was the guy who discovered the first time CSF1 receptor, which was the key molecule that regulates macrophages. And then did my postdoc from Mount Sinai with Julie Blander, and they were the ones who identified TLR3, TLR4 in, in mice. So very foundational work. My Both my mentors been, um, they have done foundational work in in their field, and had I was fortunate to work with them, and those were tough training periods because they they let you build your own thing, and uh, they sort of you create the grit, uh, imparts the grit in your in your personality, and you can you know how to build things from ground up. Following that, I worked about three years at um, SunTrust Robinson Humphrey. It's got renamed as Truist now, covering large biotechs to mid caps, mid cap names, and then. Mid-18, I was ready to spread my wings, and there was always a lot of 
alpha left on the table. There is, you know, despite the, the myth of market efficiency, there is a lot of inefficiency in valuation, especially in biotech area. So at that time, Jones was, it was like the perfect moment where Jones was looking for someone to, to come up and build the equity research division. And I was there and uh, always thankful for the opportunity to, they, they gave me a free hand to build as the way it should be done and uh, always gave, provided us the resources. And it's three years later, we have about five um, equity analysts, two associates, and we are continuously expanding. Currently, we cover three in a biotech space, three of us in the biotech, myself included, one in um, Jason Stewart in uh, specialty finance and Edward Rosida in um, uh, energy sector. So, and we are always growing. And how has Jones Trading built out the research group? What are kind of the principles that you're going for in terms of adding people or, or coverage? What, what are some of the uh, kind of parameters you might be working with in terms of, of building out the group? Right. So this is a very interesting question uh, because we try to keep a balance between... Uh, so as a research, so if you look at it, biotech is a very different piece than energy and healthcare and uh, specialty finance. So on the specialty finance side, we have Eduardo and Jason who have put together about 35 plus years of experience and they are the industry veterans and they really have seen many cycles uh, in their space and almost know the clients, institutional clients for the last 15, 20 years. So we keep that on one side. On the other hand, biotech and technology in general is a very fast evolving space. You continuously need to know what new technology is coming up and be able to understand any value. So on the biotech or healthcare side, we focus on getting younger people who had, you know, in the last two or three years, had first-hand experience of using latest technology, latest innovations like uh, gene therapy, CRISPR, Alzheimer's space, gene sequencing. And that is that is where I think we sort of add the highest value because some of the established firms, if you see, um, there is probably a bigger disconnect between the latest technology versus when they, where their core competence was. And that's where we really, I think, we really bring in value to the table where we know like, our analysts, our associates have really performed the experience, experiments, have used those technologies firsthand and know the, the questions to ask that's in the weed, hidden and often ignored and sort of becomes a pivotal point for the Right. And, and what sectors does Jones Trading cover in its research and, and what companies? Uh, you know, there's a ton of sectors, a ton of companies out there. How do you, how do you decide which companies to, that you're going to be providing research for? So we really, our focus is really finding the diamond in the rough, and it is the toughest part of it. It's where, where every institution is looking for. It's easy to cover Apple, or it's easy to cover Biogen, because and there are 25, 30 analysts covering it, and that's not the value we can provide. Our focus is really finding the diamond in the rough. Our, our clientele is our smart money and big vanilla, and uh, they have a time horizon, at least in the healthcare space, two plus years. So we try to find these names that are less covered, but has a potential for 
three to 10x returns over the next two to three years. So we try less to be the 12th or the 15th analyst on a name, but rather the first or the first among the first few and be the first to tell the story and or tell it differently. Certain things, what um, a lot of the analysts are missing, we like preclinical assets often not uh, uh, valued by some of the other firms. We would be the first one value it and value it big time. And over, after the last, after two years, we see some of them coming to fruition. And I think that has been a key part of our success in the last three years. Uh, the kinds of names across the board we have picked up. So that limits sometimes the market cap wise, but that really is where the value is. For example, we do a lot of physician calls and those calls on some of these names are completely ignored by other shops, but we do and we get a very high traction, like even including sovereign funds of international sovereign funds would jump on these calls and we have we have been getting really good traction on those front. Right. Yeah. You, you mentioned capitalization. What kind of market capitalization do you are the companies that you provide research on? Is is this uh, exclusively small cap or small and mid cap? I would say small to mid cap. So you can almost uh, split it up as a third of them would be between hundred to five hundred. A third of our names between. 500 million to 1.5 billion, and a third of them would be a 1.5 and above. So I guess in the healthcare or in the energy side, it would be considered smith caps. Okay. And and can you, you mentioned uh, diamond in the rough. Can you provide an example of something over the past, uh, you know, three years since you've been there where Jones Trading has been early to identify a, a company with a lot of, of upside potential and it, and it uh, worked out like you like you thought it would? Absolutely. So I guess the latest example would be Curis, uh, ticker CRIS. I was the first one to pick up coverage. It has been through the grinder in the last four or five years and it has really come up with a new asset and nobody cared about it. And when I picked up coverage, it was about 80, 90 million market cap. So came out on the name. I think I was 6x above the um, trading price at that time. Six, uh, eight months later, they had the data readout. It was phenomenally positive. And the company went into, it was a weekend data readout. So Friday, it was valued 100 million. Came out uh, Monday at 800 million. Three months later, there was another data drop. It came out with 1.5 billion. So it's really where, and, and uh, we were the ones who brought in, uh, on the capital market side, brought in the smart money and established hedge funds, long-run hedge funds to this name. Similarly, Surface is another example, S-U-R-F. And we have been able to bring ARK Invest and likes of those. The stock was, again, do- a dollar something stock, which we brought in the smart money and it's at eight bucks, some, somewhere around that. Nice. Yeah. And similarly, another success story is Mirati, where in terms of um, giving an example of how we value the preclinical assets, Mirati, when I picked up it, it was a $1.5 billion company, but KRS was a preclinical asset and there was nobody was valuing KRS. And I was the first one to value KRS, at least be able to generate $2 billion in, in revenues in peak probability sales. About a year later, the company 
became four billion, and now it's probably almost eight billion after three years later. So, and so we have consistently been six to twelve months ahead of the rest of the pack on finding these assets and uh, valuing the deeper pipeline uh, of any company. What's the size of the coverage universe? And in, in other words, how many companies does Jones Trading follow? We have about 66 names as of today. We just finished two of our first IPOs as book runners. Um, yeah. And do you have a buy, sell, hold recommendations on right. these? Or is overweight, underweight, neutral or something like that? We do buy, sell, hold. Yeah. 20% of all we buy and okay. hold or sell. Yeah. And and how does Jones Trading monetize research? We so the research front is really is trying to help increase uh, Jones's brand value and prominence in the space. So currently we give away research for free. So it's like an add-on to the uh, trading group. Like say, look, we have the relationships with you already for uh, last 10, 15 years. Fact, it would be better to give you color on that. But we add this extra. Sweetener is like, look, we have the research, we have fundamental researchers here, and they are doing the work, and we give it away for, for free to, through Bloomberg, Paxit, and to our clients directly. And I guess we get paid from the overall pool that Jones generates. Mm-hmm. And, and do you typically find that when Jones Trading adds a company to its research list, that trading volume increases, like uh, you know, people are more interested in, in trading it? I can give you some hard numbers. Uh, like today, Femesis, we were one of the core owners of the IPO, uh, FPMY, and stock moved up in, uh, as of now 11 to 12% uh, after the initiation report came out. SABS, Sava, similarly, every time we initiate, we are getting a very good traction. For the last 12 months, we would say 12 to 18 months, we, every time we put out a note on ABXL, SABA, we are we have been getting a Pretty much all our, let's put it this way, from my experience from other firms, um, 20% is inbound, 80% is outbound calls from the research side. Mm-hmm. In Jones, it's quite the opposite. We have probably 10% outbound calls, 90% inbound. So every time we put out note, we get most of our calls are like investors trying to reach out to us and try to understand the story. So we have very good traction, unusually high. Okay, so when you put out a research report, you hear from uh, readers of this research asking for uh, deeper dives into it or asking for different different perspectives on it? Often, oftentimes what happens is they want um, to understand, like get a simplified take on it oftentimes, or if they have done the work on the name, they want to get a, a more additional questions they can ask. But from my experience, it's mostly how the research or this name fits in the broader competitive landscape and what, where is the disconnect? And we try to reiterate it. We try to give a very neutral point of view. And this is how I'm, that has worked so far. Right. Okay. Okay. This could, uh, this next question, I think we could pull Packy back in. So thinking back to when you were, Jones was going to add research and when Jones Trading did add research, what were the uh, ideas behind how specifically research would complement Jones Trading's core trading business? I mean, were you getting inquiries from, from uh, trading clients before that saying, you know, if you had research, this would be, we would like it better, inquiries about research before you added it? Sean, we kind of touched on it, but I think just 
being a salesman like I have been and listening to what clients say, you know, one of the objections that our institutional clients had was that we didn't have research. And so this was kind of an opportunity to kind of check the box. And so the people will go, Jones does have research. In fact, they have great research, you know, in, in these spaces. So I think that really helped. And I think also, as I kind of touched on earlier, when we were trying to expand our network to include the, you know, the corporations and the companies, that was something that they always said. And I heard that objection a number of times was you guys don't have research. So I think by able to, by giving, by giving uh, or being able to check that box for the institutional clients and for our corporate clients, we're able to kind of open up a number of accounts. And, and I, I was just reading the guy from our, our sales manager who kind of goes out and he was, he was uh, in Israel uh, prospecting some accounts there. And one of the things they really value is biotech research. And so there's an, there, that will be a natural and an easy call for us to make. And we'll be able to open that opportunity for us. So, this was just kind of a natural evolution. It took a while. And probably the, the biggest challenge was getting it past me because it just I didn't understand it. And I didn't understand it because uh, I didn't see the value until recently when I've seen, you know, what, what Shumwood's been able to put together and the real positive response we've been getting from our clients. Now, Jones Trading prides itself as a relationship-based business. How does this ethos manifest itself in, on the research side? You know, every business we've built has been based on, you know, great people. And, uh, you know, and I think Shumit's one of those people I, I can get, you know, positive feedback on on him from clients, from our brokers in-house, from just about everybody in the firm. So I think that that's typical of the businesses we built. We built around great people. And I think Shumit's doing a great job here. And I think, you know, since he's taken the lead, it just continues to get better. And I, and I suspect it'll attract more talent. Just like we've had, and you know, in the trading trading room, we've you know we've got hired some of the greatest traders on the street. I think this will probably happen in this area too, as Shoman decides, you know, what what areas and what what he wants to focus on as far as research is concerned. Okay, and and are you currently hiring on the research side, and do you have any specific roles in mind? Look, I can't take all the credit. Uh, Packy and Alan uh, Della, our CEO, they have created this environment of promoting internally also, and. As to the point that uh, Jones has probably one of the highest employee longevity, 10, 15, 20 years, you would rarely see uh, any trading shop or any kind of shop where employees are there this long. And that has been a very regular phenomenon here. And probably part of it is the, the culture where it is casual, but no BS culture. And we have very good ethics of uh, promoting internally. That being said, we are always looking for new talents. We are going to expand on uh, at least more sites on the healthcare firm. And so stay tuned on that. Okay. Just talking about the growth angle, you mentioned 66 companies is your current research yes. universe. You are, you know, are there any concerns about you know, if you grow too fast, the quality, it might, it might be difficult to maintain quality just because you know, on the premise that it's a lot easier to maintain quality with the smaller operation. Do you have any uh, concerns about how you're going to grow and, and maintain the highest quality? Right. So we have some internal checks in a sense. Uh, if you look at some of the numbers, maybe they're not the very watertight numbers, but about 80 to 85 personal instances, we try to be the first one to publish on the back of any news or anything. And that has been very consistent over the last three years, I would say, across all our sectors we cover. We try to keep a tab on the in number of inbounds and the quality of investors coming in. So 
that has stayed very steady and getting better, sort of. So that is sort of an internal metric, and we want to make sure we maintain that. And for that, whatever resources we need, we would provide the analyst with that kind of resources, more associates, more hands on the deck, however it's needed to be. But I think be able to, I think two things really work for us is one, cover the names that are often neglected, but have three to 10x probably return and be able to at least 85% cases. We are the first one to write on it. And those two, it's not a secret recipe, but it's just the culture we have, we are maintaining and that's that thing. So. Mm, okay. Okay. And I think the, the possibly the final question I had, if I could just ask both of you really to take out your crystal balls, if you will. Shomit, start with you. What do you see as the future of research at Jones Trading? You know, from, from your desk and then your your team, you roll up your sleeves every day. What do you see as 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 the future going forward, say, I don't know, one, three, five years out? So our goal really is to be in the conversations, which is going to be in the coming two to three years. So we want to cover less of the very well-trodden path names, but more upcoming names, whether it be genomic medicine, whether it diagnostic, cancer diagnostic, personalized medication, gene editing, gene therapy. So we have a good focus on what's going on in the private sector. And again, goes back to the main engine, the block trading engine we have. So are all these institutional clients and they heavily participate on the private side also. And we have a good sense of what's coming up down the pipe in the next two to three years. And we want to be part of that conversation. We want to just be ahead at least six to nine to a year ahead. And so we are always, we will be in the space that's up and coming sort of archetype futuristic outlook. And that's, that's going to be the focus. Okay. And, and Pac, if I can ask you the same question, if you could take possibly a bigger picture of view on re- the future of research at Jones Trading and what's it going to mean at the at the company level. Yeah, well, I was just, as I was listening to Showman, it kind of reminded me of, you know, going back going back to my granddad started in the business and what he, he's, what he focused on was kind of the undercover banks in, in California. They were kind of underloved and, and he went on great, great service and did a lot of business and, and Jones Trading kind of did the same thing. We, we covered a lot of the accounts that no one really bothered with. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the big, the big brokers focused on the top 50 accounts. We, we thought every client was important. And, and by doing that, we created an incredible network. And I think, I think Shomit's idea of trying to identify these companies that people aren't really looking at and getting on them early and uh, is a very smart idea. And I think if we continue that and just kind of Maybe instead of I'm, I'm always trying to figure out, and I'm always numbers. We got 56 right now. Maybe we have, you know, 156. You know, three years from now. But I think you know we're building something around good people, just like we always have. And I, you know, I look forward to the future. Okay, great, gentlemen. One last opportunity. Any uh, closing remarks or any takeaways from this podcast? Or one other way, I'd like to put it: anything that I didn't ask and I should have asked on the topic of research at Jones Trading. No, I think you covered all the reasons and uh, it's it's never uh, enough to highlight the kind of work we put out. And uh, I think one key point is we do a lot of broader industry uh, and preview notes, whether it be an OPEC meeting or EIA data or especially finance or healthcare 
uh, events coming up or, or earnings. We do put a lot of blood and sweat in that area and that that will continue to be our focus and that has always helped um, build good traction. I just like to say, kind of, I'm thinking back at research, you know, I was probably the biggest roadblock to having research in here. So I give a credit to, to Alan Hill, who is a lot smarter guy than I am. And he saw the value here and has built, a, I think, a good brand and obviously a good product. And it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a good opportunity for us. So, uh, you know, thank you to Mr. Alan Hill. Great, gentlemen. I really appreciate you being on. A really uh, excellent story about research, uh, the rise of research at Jones Trading and, and the future. So I really want to thank you once again. My guests today were Hacky Jones and Shomit Roy of Jones Trading. Thanks again, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. This has been Terry Flanagan with the Global Trading Podcast.